Hey, Yinka, good to have you back, girl. Yinka's home. Say hi, Yinka. Oh, that wasn't very good. Say hi, Yinka. Okay. Yinka is Swahili for she loves Jesus. Actually, I, did, I just made that up. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Y'all believed me, didn't you? That sounded good. Can I have some light up here? Thank you. And let there be light on the stage. Thank you. Yeah, no mistakes. Nothing but the blood, Jose. Jose, I love your worship, man. love your heart to worship. Sometimes I tell you guys when I struggle with a sermon and all, I just tell you I struggle with this one. I wish they all just flowed out like that. I just get down and they just get this download. And sometimes I do, and they get these downloads, and I put it down. And then later in the week, God said, well, that was for earlier in the week, Harold. That's not for Sunday. And so, okay, Lord. And, uh, but it's, it's getting late in the week, and I, I need to, to kind of have know what I'm supposed to speak on. And we were at uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle last November for the pastor's conference there. And Jim Simbla said that God, he said, now this isn't for everybody. He said, but God impressed upon me to uh, begin to preach without notes. I said, well, I'm glad he impressed that upon Jim Simbla, but he, he hadn't told me that yet. So uh, I still have to, have, I still use notes because I don't want to lose my way and, and really share with you what God's put on my heart. But we've been, we've been talking the last few weeks about how we, how we love and how we give and how we live. You know, this is just practical things for the body of Christ, for us to look and act and live like God has called us to. Amen? He set a standard that's very high, and the standard is Jesus Christ. And I know we can't, we can't attain that except He is in us, and He lives through us to do the things that He's called us to do. So today I want us to talk about how we work. How do we work? And I'm not talking about, well, we've got the knee bone connected to it. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how we how we live out this Christian life, how we work uh, in, in the kingdom, okay? And so I found this passage of Scripture. Now, John 6 has always intrigued me because I think, man, that, and it's only part of John 6 is the only time it's in the, one of the four Gospels, and I think it's around 35 or 40. I don't know what the verse is, but it's somewhere in there that there's a segment that's not in any of the other Gospels. And it was probably one of the toughest things that Jesus ever said. It's when he was really getting down to the nitty gritty. You know what I'm talking about? And he was, that's right. And uh, he, he was getting down to the nuts and bolts. He said, listen, this is, this is what you got to do. This is what you got to believe. Now, this is not planned, but Wes, could, would you come up here a second? Just come up here and stand by me. Nice shirt. Come on. Your wife dressed you? This is my son, Wes. Welcome him. Say hello, Wes. Some of you believe that he's my son. How many of you believe he's my son? Let me ask you another question. How many of you you know he is my son? Uh Uh-uh. No. How, How many of you were there at the delivery? Oh, yeah. Who's, who's that? Spencer? No, you weren't even born yet, boy. Come on. 
When I ask you that question, you, you just thought, oh, yeah, I believe that. I, I know that he's your son. No, you don't. You, you weren't there. How many of you know me? You just know me. Okay. Yeah. Now, look, does he look anything like me? No. He, look, he is a lot heavier than me. Now, this is my son, whom I am well pleased. I love my son. Most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> no, all the time. And I, I brought him up here today to you because what we're going to talk about is how are we going to do the works of Jesus if we don't believe who Jesus really is? How are we going to do the works of the Father if we don't really know the Father? Because you can't. And so sometimes we're real quick to say, well, I know him, I, I believe him, but maybe you really don't. So that's what I want us to talk about today. The Jews' perspective of knowing Jesus and doing the works of Jesus were a little bit different maybe than what we think of. Okay? Thank you, Wes. Good job. I would hope that if I told you he was my son, you would believe it because you trust me. Okay? You know, if, if Wes were to say, man, this, that's my dad, and you didn't know that, I was, uh, that we were connected in any way, you might, you might say, well, how, how do I know that you're not lying? And what if Wes said, well, let me show you. I've got proof. I've got the video. I've got the birth pictures. I've got all that. I've got my birth certificate. I'm telling you, that's my dad. And you said, okay. But then tomorrow, you went up to West, and West said, you know, that's my dad's a pastor. And you, I, no, I don't believe you. Well, let me show you. I'm, I'm his son. Let me show you. And he, he showed you again and again. And you said, you know, I don't believe. I just don't believe that. Well, see, that's kind of what God did when he sent his son, when Father sent his son Jesus. He said, that's my son. You need to watch him because he's going to reveal me to you. Our lives are supposed to reveal Jesus to the world. Come on, right? Our lives. Jesus, I have not seen him walking around. I said this last week. I have not seen Jesus walking in the flesh lately. What the, He said his, this is his design, that we would look like his son, that the Father would impart those things to us through the grace of God, by the blood of Christ, that we would become like him, that we would... We would actually become more and more like him. We would be conformed to his image. The more and more that we live for him, the more and more that we know him, the more and more that we believe him. But listen, if you have this skewed idea of who the father is, you're not going to be able to do the works of God. You're not going to be able to do the works of Jesus. So I want you to turn in your Bibles to John 6. There's this question in verse 28 and 29. Then we're going to go back and get some of the other verses. But there's a question. The Jews were following Jesus, and, and they, they, they asked this question of him. They said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Weird question. What may we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to them, now, this is a strange response. And, you know, Jesus gave a lot of strange responses because he was trying to go deeper than the surface. And this is what he said. This is the work of God that you believe in him who sent me. This is the work of God that say believe. Okay, let's look at the amplified version. 
Then they, they said, then, what are we to do that we may habitually be working the works of God? What are we to do to carry out what God requires? And Jesus replied, this is the work or the service that God asks of you, that you believe in the one whom he has sent, that you cleave to, trust, rely on, and have faith in his messenger. Listen, when the Jews actually said, yes, I believe you're in the Messiah, they were in danger of losing their life. They were in danger of being set outside the synagogue. They were in danger of being ostracized by their family because they said, I believe, I believe, Jesus, you're the son of God. It was way more than, oh, yeah, I believe that's cool. I, I know about Christmas, Easter. I'm good with that. I'm a Christian. I got my name on the roll of some church. You know, I move around a little bit, you know, and, and maybe I don't look a lot like Jesus. I know I do a lot of stuff and I shouldn't do. But, you know, I, I'm one of his. But do you really know him? Do you really believe him? Have you really relied on him and trusted him and put everything that you've got, you put, you put it all in, so to speak, on Jesus? Because until we get to that place, guys, we're going to struggle and struggle and struggle to do the works of Jesus, the greater works. Look at John 14, 12 through 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, there's that word again, believes, The works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Listen, if you ask and he doesn't do it, then maybe, maybe, just maybe you haven't got this down, this belief. Maybe this trust issue is a real issue in your life. God's called us to complete trust. These guys, these guys have been following Jesus. And, and right before this story, right before this happened, this event in history, he had fed like 10, 20,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And they kept following after him. They said, man, this guy, you want to hang out with that dude? You're not going to have to work anymore because he's going to feed us. We're on the Jesus welfare program. He is a cool baker. And man, he is really good with fish. And they were following him around. Looking for the external and looking for the superficial. I want to ask you this morning, what is keeping you from doing the works of Jesus? What is keeping you from ministering to others outside the walls? What is keeping, what's hindering you from stepping in to this awesome works of God that are way beyond what you can do yourself? Because they are. They are. They're way beyond. Listen, when we began this work, Here's one of the things that I said. I don't want to be a part of the old, same old, same old church body. Do y'all? I don't want to be a part of a body of believers where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people give 80% of the money. 20% of the people do all the other stuff. And the other 80% they just come and soak it in and then they leave. I don't want to be a part of that. And I don't believe we're that way. I I truly believe God has given us a body of believers that want to go deeper. They want to get past that surface of feed me. Give me some fish. Give me some bread, Jesus. I'll hang out with you as long as you're doing what I want you to do. It goes way deeper than that, guys. It's It's a trust issue. It goes way deeper than that. Look at John 6, 22 through 27. This is after he'd fed the fish. Then he gets in a boat and he goes across this, this lake of Tiberias. Okay? 
On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there, except that one which his disciples had entered. Let's see how close they're watching this guy. And that Jesus had not entered the boat. Man, he had his paparazzi, didn't he? He had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, however other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread. That was the big, the big meal. And after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? They knew when he came there. I mean, he was with them the day before. Jesus answered to them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me. You seek me. Say that. You seek me. But not, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Hmm. I know why you're following me, guys. I know why you're hanging out with me. And they're just asking him, when did you get here? And he always answers in a very, you know, Jesus didn't really, he cut to the chase. Then he said this, do not labor for the food which perishes. Don't go after the loaves and the fish, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. He set his seal on him when he came up by the water. He said, that's my son. I'm well pleased with him. He set his seal on him. They were so in their flesh, these followers of Jesus. As long as everything was cool, they were following Jesus. Listen, I'm telling you this morning, he's asking you to follow him no matter what. No matter what. He's not a feel-good savior. He's not a wishing well. He requires much of us. You know why? Because he's given us much. I want you to see this video. Kind of give you an idea of a picture of what I'm trying to tell you. Of this passage. I mean, I want to trust you. I just don't. <laughs> I have an exercise that I think will really help. Oh, okay. Stand here and face this direction. Mm-hmm. Now, do you trust me? Uh, no, I just said I don't trust you. Right. Well, this is all part of the exercise. Oh, all right. Okay. Whenever I ask you if you trust me, you say, yes, Jesus, I trust you. Even though I don't. It's practice. Okay. So, do you trust me? Uh, Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Are you going to catch me? Don't worry about that part. Okay, that's the part I'm worried about. (laughs) You can do this, okay? Just trust me. Trust you. Fall back. Okay, well, Jesus, I trust you. Yes, I do trust you. I'm going to fall back. Woo! Okay. Uh, let's try this again. Just face this direction and keep your feet planted. All right? Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus, I trust you. Now, fall back. Okay. I'm going to do it. All right. I'm really going to do it. (laughs) Good. Ah! Oh, Jesus, you really caught me. I didn't think you were going to get me, but you did. Oh, that was great. That was great. You're ready for level two. Level two, here I come, baby. Woo! Okay, hold it. Oh, you know what? You're too close. You need to move back. Ah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> this
This one's a little bit different, Laura. Oh, okay. Uh, stand here. Uh-huh. But face me. Ooh, forward fall. Okay. I can do that. Wait. Whoa. Okay. Um, wait for my signal. Oh, right. The Jesus signal. Yes, the okay. Jesus signal. Do you trust me? Yes, Jesus. I trust you so much. Good. Fall back. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. Especially when you do it. <laughs> Seriously? Of course. Okay, Jesus, I don't know if you noticed this, but there is nobody over there. I know it looks that way to you. It looks that way. It is that way. You can do this, Laura. Just trust me and fall back. Jesus, I can't do that. We can do it together. I can't. You can. I won't. I won't. Don't we say that sometimes? You can't see Jesus standing behind you. You can't feel him because your thoughts and everything, the world's flooding you with all these negative thoughts. You look at your bank account. You look at your sick mom. You, get, you hear the report from the doctor. You go outside and your car won't start. And what do we do? We get in our flesh real quick, don't we? And Jesus says, hey, I'm still here. You might not can see me, but I'm still here. Are you willing to trust me? Listen, I'm telling you, this is what Jesus is calling us to. If we're going to do the works that he's called us to, we've got to come to this place of truly trusting him. Look at John 6, verse 60. In between there, Jesus is explaining to them about him being the bread from heaven, about his body being crushed, about his blood, about them taking it in, eating it. He was using some some thoughts to really get these guys, oh, what is he asking us to do? And therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this teaching, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? See, a lot of people, they'll go to church and they'll want the pastor to tickle their ears. You know what? They don't go out there and go, wow, that's, that's tough. <laughs> Woo, man, did you hear him? No, they go home, wow, I feel good. Preacher just said, Jesus loves me and we're all good to go. Just look in the mirror every day and say, oh, you're so good looking. Everything's good for you. This is what we do. We, we, we're a positive mental attitude, people. Positive thinking. Right? It's what our society tells us. Listen, if you're not positively looking at Jesus Christ and trusting him, all that other stuff, they might get you by a couple of days, but it won't sustain you. He will not sustain you. They said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Can you imagine them going, talking to the son of, of God? Hey, man, this is just way out there. Can't do that. And Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. And he said to them, does this offend you? Is the gospel offensive? Oh, yeah. The gospel is offensive, especially if you don't want to live for Jesus. His commandments, man, you're, oh, that's just way too much. Don't go there, preacher. Don't ask me to give that up. Don't, uh-uh, don't, don't tread on my little parade. Don't, don't rain on my parade. Because I'm doing my own thing. Just me and Jesus, we're tight. We're like this. He's my buddy. Is he your Lord, though? See, your Lord, 
When, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Trust in, rely upon, cling to, have faith in. Some of you, they don't do that. That's what he's telling them. For Jesus knew from the beginning that who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Did you know? He didn't just have 12 followers. He had hundreds. He had a lot of people following him. And we singled out the 12, but he had lots of disciples, students. They were following him around trying to get some more information from him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples, his disciples, say his disciples, went back and walked with him no more. Left him. Can't do that. Didn't believe him. Didn't trust him. Missed out on something huge. Missed out on something grand. Missed out on eternal life. Think about it. Do you really believe, trust in, cling to your life on Jesus? Is he your all in all? When you're walking through the situations in your life, is he the one you look to first? Or is he like down on down the, down the parade, the hit list? Is he down like number eight, number nine, number ten? Oh, I've, I've, exp- I've tried this. I've tried that. I've done this. I've gotten into that. Man, I figured this out and it didn't work. And Jesus, you must be. I've got to have you, Jesus. Can you show up now? That doesn't sound to me like he's number one. If we do that. These guys were just walking in their flesh. You can't do the works of Jesus without faith in Jesus. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 makes this very clear. So we want to work the works of God. We want to work the works. And he said, here's the work you need to believe. Now, listen, I I do not believe you can work and be saved. You, You can't work for your salvation. Amen. Wow. Some of you might believe that. I I don't personally believe that the Bible teaches that, that we can work for our salvation unless you apply it in that context, in that verse, where Jesus said, this is the works of God that you believe in the one who sent him. Now, if you want to call faith works, then you can be saved by faith works. We're going to look at that in a minute. But listen to what Ephesians 2, 8, 10, I think makes it clearer than probably any other passage in the Bible. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Would y'all read that with me? For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the what? The gift of God. Not of works. Say that. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk, live, and live and act out in our daily lives in them. Does God, is he concerned about our works? You better believe he is. But he's more concerned about our faith first. He didn't command them. They said, what do we do to do the works of God? He didn't command them. Oh, boy, go out and do this and this and feed the poor and give a cold drink to the... the. He didn't say that. He said, believe in my son. Believe in me. It's got to start with that trust in Jesus Christ before you can ever get to the next level. 
And we receive that by faith. We don't see it. We receive it by faith. And the grace of God just, wow, covers us. I, I used to look at that verse 10 and I go, wow, God, you want us to do good works? What are those good works? And he said, you'll know them when you see them. There's a different look at, there's a different take on that verse that I've received. He says, he's already created them beforehand for us to do. So if you're walking, you're listening, you're acting as a father imparts to you and shows and speaks to you, he's going to say, okay, Harold, that's the one you need to pray for. That's the good work. I've already prepared it. She's waiting for you to go and anoint her and pray for her healing. That one, that's the one, Billy, that needs the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to get that one and call him over and say, this is for you. We just don't go randomly and start picking out people because it looks like a good thing. You'll get depressed and discouraged doing that. But if God speaks to you and says, Harold, today Brian's going to get healed if you'll pray for him. I'm, oh boy, I'm going to pray for Brian. Those are, those are words of knowledge that God wants to just drop into our spirit. That day, Mary Lou was going to, the, going to work out downtown at the, the, at the uh, exercise place at Shannon. She drives by the church. She drives by First Baptist Church, and she prays for the pastor there at that church. She didn't know why, but that day, she felt like I need to pray for the pastor. She gets there. She starts working out. Guess who's working out on the treadmill next to her? The pastor at First Baptist Church. And she's just praying, and she's just got her little walkman on, you know, just go, and she's listening to those songs, and God speaks to her and said, that man has a heart condition, and he's worried. And she looks over there in her flesh and goes, man, he is skinny. He looks like he's in good shape. He's running hard, man. God, I think you might have missed it on this one. So she doesn't, she doesn't say, she didn't say, okay, Kyle, we need to pray. She just goes and she does her deal like we all do. We think we hear God, but we're not sure, so we don't act on it. And she goes to get in her car, and guess who goes to get in their car, and it's parked right next to Mary Lou? Kyle, the pastor. Hi, Kyle, how you doing? I hope God, I don't have to speak to him. Oh, God, I don't want to pray for you. God, how you doing? Well, you know, I'm going to the doctor. I've got to get a checkup. Oh, what about it? Well, they said I have a heart condition. Hmm. To God gave Mary Lou another chance. He said, look, I'm, I'm real. I'm, I'm serious about this word of knowledge thing. But here's the deal. She had to risk, take a risk to say, can I pray for you? And he knows us. He, because we had, they loaned us some buildings way back in the day. He knew what we were kind of about. And they would, they would, they would send people to us because they couldn't deal with them. They said, man, we got this guy. He's an alcoholic. Can you all help this guy? Because we can't help him. We said, send him on. And so she says, you get over here, get in this car. I got to pray for you. Now, that probably looked weird to a lot of people. And he just began to weep. He said, they think that there's something really bad wrong with my heart. Tears just rolling down his face. But she was obedient. She said, I'm going to pray. And if you haven't let, if my wife hadn't prayed for you, you need to be prayed for by her. She goes to battle when she prays. Our intercessors go to battle. Many of you go to battle when you pray. You're seeking the answer. You're seeking God. You want to hear his voice so you'll know how to pray. See, I've been so guilty of somebody coming. They need prayer. And I just start praying my old prayers. Oh, instead of stopping and saying, God, what do you want me to pray? Tell me what I'm supposed to pray, God. 
Well, they just need a hug, Pastor. They just need a hug. They just need to know you love them. Okay, I can do that. Or they they might have this ill. A lot of times God says there's unforgiveness in their life. Would you just share that with them? Hey, there's somebody you haven't forgiven. You just mentioned that, then the tears will flow. And you know God's already spoken. He's already dealing with them on it. But we have to take a risk sometimes. Sometimes people spell faith, R-I-S-K. You have to step out of your comfort zone. And say, God, yeah, that was you. I know that was you. Don't wait till he has to take a sledgehammer and knock you over. Go ahead and listen to his gentle voice when he speaks to you and respond. And I'm telling you, he's not, God is not the kind of God that wants to embarrass you. He didn't want you to make a show of anything because then you're going to get the glory he won't. Okay? Y'all hear me, church? Oh, Lord, I want to You know, No. Look at me how I move. You know, I mean, God wants, man, he comes in a still, small voice. And God's not hard of hearing, by the way, either, if you want to pray. You don't have to yell at him. I know some of that, some of you, that's just your personality, and that's cool. I hear somebody laughing out there. He's prepared these works for us, guys. And then look, it's a setup. It's a setup. And all he's asking you to do is be obedient in the setup. And then watch God work. You know, when you pray for somebody to be healed, it's not up to you to heal them. Matter of fact, you can't heal anybody. You can't save anybody. You can't baptize anybody in the Holy Spirit. God does all that. But he uses crackpots like us to do it. That's what he calls us. I mean, we're just broken vessels. Crack pots, what's he talking about? John fifteen five says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Say I'm a branch. Are you? What kind of branch are you, Jose? Strong mighty oak. Mesquite. Mesquite's good though. Man, you can't kill a mesquite. I'm the vine and you are the branches. He who abides, that word abides means remains in me. And I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. That that just takes the burden off of us, guys. Isn't that cool? Okay, God, you told me to pray for them to be healed. It's up to you, God. I'm going to do my part. You got to do yours. You can make a demand on the, the anointing that God's called and put in you. You can do that. Now look at Matthew 7. Here's another one of those tough verses. I'm saying this this morning. You can only do the works if you really believe and trust him as your Lord and Savior. If you make him Lord, this is the only way you can do the works of, of Jesus. Okay? Now here's some guys that didn't actually do that. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? We've cast out demons in your name. We've done many wonders in your name. And then God says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from you, me, you who practice lawlessness. Worst 
worst sin that you can ever hear in all of eternity is depart from me. I never knew you. I ain't going to hear that. You're not either. If you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're not going to hear those words. But here are these guys. I guess they're guys. It could have been women. And they're doing all this stuff. They're, they're casting out demons. Uh, what does it say? They're, they are uh, casting out demons. They've done many wonders in God's name. Man, they're really doing the deal. And God says, I, I, mm, don't know you. Never met you. Well, God, you know, yeah, I was that guy, you know, that was doing that, you know, in the corner down there. And that guy was sick and I was praying and all that. Well, see, some people go, well, that's somebody that was saved and lost their salvation. Well, I beg to differ with you. He says, I never knew you. Ever, ever, never, ever knew you. These people were operating in their flesh. These people were doing it for the wrong reasons. These people were trying to get glory. And when it comes down to the nuts and the nitty gritty, so to speak, God said, hey, man, that was, I guess that was really good what you were doing, but I don't know you guys. Depart from me. You're not doing what I called you to do. You, you don't know me, apparently. See, it's, it's one thing to know God, but it's also to be known by God's a really good thing, too, the Bible says. We can know about him. We can know a lot about God. We can read the Bible and we can watch TV. But God needs to know you. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. God, his first commandment to these people in John 6 was not to do anything but to trust. It begins with trust. Have you trusted Jesus? Have you really given him everything? I have a lot more scriptures. You can read in James 2 today. Faith without works is dead. You can read that. Read it, matter of fact. It begins with our faith. It begins with trusting Jesus. Would you stand this morning? And please don't gather anything up like you're going to race out of here. <laughs> I remember in church when we were kids, that's what we'd always do. You see mom, she's got to get her purse and all her books and stacking them up. You got to get out of here. And we're not going to do that because we're going to introduce some people that I want it to be very special. We're going to introduce new members. We're going to baptize. And I want you to be a part of that. I don't think I need to preach anymore. I think God's already speaking to you. Do you trust him? If you're standing here, will you fall back? Let know that he'll catch you. Some of you really are going through some stuff. And maybe you haven't trusted him in the middle of it. And you're a believer. Man, you love God. And today you would just go, God, I'm sorry I didn't trust you. And then I repent. It needs to change the way you think about it. God, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't trust you when, when that situation happened and, and I, I ran to the wrong things. Forgive me for that, Father. I repent. So I want to be I want to be trustworthy. I want to do the greater works. And Father, I know you, you've given me when you put this little in my hand. I'm faithful with the little things. You're going to give me more to do, and I want to be faithful in the more. But first, we got to be faithful in the little. So what is what does He put in your hands? What does He put in your heart to do for Him?
Because if you're faithful in that, he's going to say, okay, we're going to go to the next level. See, there's truth, and then there's deeper truth. There's walking with Jesus in, in this in immaturity, but then there's a mature time. There's a time comes when we're going to grow up. And we're going to say, oh, well, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper in the things of God. I do want to lay my hands on the sick, and they will recover. I do want to raise the dead. I want to cast out demons. I, I've got a brother-in-law, man, and he's all, he's all stuff. He's got stuff going on. He's demonic. And I just want to walk in there and just lay hands on him and see that stuff go. Don't you? He's not going to give you that, that to do unless you're faithful and you really trust him in whatever he's put before you right now. So bow your heads. Just bow your heads. And Father, I ask you just in your grace to reveal where we are at in our level of trust. That we'll be honest with you. Jesus. Ask him yourself, Father, where am I in that level of trust? He loves you so much, he'll tell you. He'll be very blunt with you because he loves you so much. He won't beat around the bush. He said, well, really, I've got more for you to do. But I've given you lots of opportunities and you haven't stepped into them. Is that you this morning? Then just ask him to forgive you. Repent this morning. Maybe you've got some unforgiveness in your life and you're holding against somebody. And God says, I've got more for you to do. But you're going to have to come to a place of repentance and, and forgiveness. Or you might have some thing going on in your life that he says, lay down. He said, that's not of me. You know, the works, to do the works of God, we, we've got to first come to this place of trusting him. I, I've shared this many times. Listen, look up here. When we take a leap of faith, all we're doing as believers are we're just leaping inside his hand. I know it might seem like a big jump. Or big risk. But the Bible says, my Bible says, he has us right there in the palm of his hand. And he's not going to let anybody take us out. So when you're, when you're wrestling with this thought, wow, God, should I really pray for that person? And he says, yes. And you say, okay, Father, I'm going to risk embarrassment. I'm going to risk, hmm, God, I'm not going to risk very much, am I? Because you've got me right there in your hand. So, Father, this morning, if there's some here this morning, if there's any here this morning, they've just been afraid. They're walking in this thing called fear. I mean, the love of Christ overflow in them today. The perfect love would cast out fear. would force it out. The love of Christ would be poured on us. That fear would just wash away. Because, Father, I know we have a community. We have family members. We have co-workers that need to know about this Jesus. you said, Harold, that's the person I want you to go talk to. Basil, that's the person I've, I've, I've prepared them for this day for you to step in and speak to them about my love and my forgiveness and my grace. Guys, we get to deliver the greatest news of all. We get to take the greatest news. We take hope to the hopeless. 
We take forgiveness to those that are in sin. We, we, we take this truth to those that have been leave, believing a lie. We bring light into where there's a, such a darkness in their life. It's, a, it's beautiful to walk with God. It's beautiful to do the works of God. I'm telling you, there's not much better feeling than the, when the doctor comes out and says, well, this person that I know they, they had cancer, but I can't find the cancer. It's a beautiful thing to hear from a doctor. So all I can attribute to this to is that we either messed up in, in, in the evaluation or it's a miracle. And we just grab hold of it because we know what God did. But see, that's not just for pastors and counselors and ministers. It's for everybody in the church. It's for every child of God that we can lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. But you've got to believe that. You've got to believe in the one that sent believe in the Father. You've got to believe in the Son. Next week, we're going to talk about how to do all this. He said, I'm going to send you somebody to help you as the Holy Spirit. How we work, how we love, how we give, how we live, it's all wrapped up in Jesus. So I'm going to ask you if you want to come and pray this morning, just recommit. If you want to come, if you need salvation this morning, we'll have people to pray with you to receive Christ into your life so you can start on this awesome journey. I'm going to ask our, prayer, our ministry team to come forward and be available to pray for people. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do not. Don't say this is too hard because he made the way for you. He took the hard way so we wouldn't have to. He took the cross. He took the nails so we wouldn't have to. Is that you this morning? You here this morning, you don't know Jesus. You just, you don't know if you were to die today, if you were to walk out that door and get hit by a car, which is real possible. If you're not walking, looking both ways. If, if, if you were to go to be, if, you, if this was your last day, where would you spend eternity? I know that's an old cliche saying, but it's so true. Where would you spend eternity? Would you come before him and you would say, well, I went to Sunday school, I did this and I did that. And he'd say, depart from me, I never knew you. I would say, welcome in, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. You need Jesus this morning, step out and come. I want all the Christians in here to begin to pray. If there's somebody that's lost, that right now the Holy Spirit would speak to them, give them the strength to step out and come forward and give their life to Christ. That's the most beautiful thing that can happen here this morning. Father, just bring them in. Father, we've, we've spoken the word. You say your word would not return to you void. Father, I know it's all in your time, but today, Father, you say in your word, today is the day of salvation. So, Father, for that one or two or three that are here this morning, or four or five, they've said no, no, no. Today they've said yes. They would say yes because you're drawing them by your spirit. You're drawing them by your spirit. If you're not sure, just come. Step out and come. If you're just not sure, listen, even if you've been baptized, if you've been dunked in water, it doesn't matter if you don't know Jesus this morning. Because the Bible says we will know. We don't have to guess. You'll know. Just ask you to come forward. Step out and come. Step out and come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit's moving in this place. Some of you just are, some of you have just been walking in this mentality of I don't trust God in every area of my life. If that's you this morning, listen, most everybody in that room has been there and done that. 
we've, we've come by. Man, God, I, you just didn't come through for me last time. So I don't know if I can trust you this time. Maybe that's you this morning. You really want a renewed, you want a renewed faith this morning. You want to be just rebaptized. You want to be refilled with the flood and the power and the love of Jesus Christ. Just step out and come. Just step out and come. Just haven't been trusting him like you know you should. Just be obedient to the Father this morning. I walked the aisles when I was a kid about a hundred times. <laughs> I would come and dump all my guilt and shame and go back and do what I did the night before. Anybody did that? Oh, forgive me, forgive me, but I'm going to go do what I want to do. <laughs> At the age of 17, God said, no more games, Harold. And I'm telling you, he will tell you when that, that time is. He will say, I don't know, have you ever told you that, anybody here? This is it. Quit walking the aisle. Get saved and start living for me. Allow me to be Lord of your life. Maybe that's you this morning. You have not made Jesus Lord. I'm telling you, you're in dangerous ground there. The enemy will beat you up. He will beat you up. He'll beat you up if you don't make Jesus Lord. You're not covered. Now, the other, the other invitation is, if God's called you to be a part of this church, I know there's a family that said today they want to come and put their their uh, their family here. They want to come and be a part of this body. So if that's you, we invite you to come and somebody will help you like Sue Evans will help you fill out some forms so we'll get her know that this is where God's put you. Big invitation today. Next thing is I want all the families that were that joined last week, I want you to come forward so we can bless you today. Jim Bailey, if you're here, Jeremy and Ashley Berry. James Cottrell, Mary James, who's going to be baptized this morning, Keith and Lorraine Stanley, and Shane and Sarah Wallace with Logan, McKenzie, and Tyler. If you got kids in the back, go ahead and get them and bring them in. We want to recognize these folks and pray for them. We really want to speak a blessing over you. This is a multiple invitation. <laughs> Pick one. my mom prayed for me and uh, I'm not going to go into too long but I used to sell drugs and uh, I was an alcoholic and I just had enough of it and uh, I just said you know what screw it I don't care I'm just going to kill myself and uh, the Saturday night I woke up, I remember it was like 2 or 3 a.m. And I said, okay, let's do this. And I got up and I went and knocked on my mom's bedroom to say goodbye. 
she said, what's up? And I said, I just, I just need to talk to you for a minute. And in my heart, I was just coming in to say goodbye to my mom. And we walked back to my room. And as soon as we entered my room, I, I just God's mercy. And I just got on my knees and just started weeping uncontrollably just weeping and the Holy Spirit just started washing over me and washing over me and I felt him just come in and just hug me and pick me up he said Jose I love you you're my son and that is what he's speaking to you guys today there's some of you guys out there that have been waiting and waiting don't think this is real I'm telling you it's real I woke up the next morning full of peace full of joy I did not want to drink anymore listen it's open today it's open today is a new of new beginnings come don't wait I never thought I would be here I thought by the age of 19 I would be dead I remember Every time I would cough or sneeze, it would just be blood coming out. I was just a zombie. I was just walking around. I didn't know. I was just completely lost. But God restored me. And he can restore you guys too. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. It's real. It's real. It's real. A lot of testimonies in here. It's real. Amen? He's real. He does change us, doesn't he? From the inside out. that I'm going through is that I was never meant to be with her. That what Pastor Harold mentioned this morning, it was nothing but a setup. A setup for God to make me grow. And this past week, my heart's been put at ease to, to the divorce considering that if it wasn't for the marriage with my wife, I would not have come to San Angelo. And I would not know where God wants me to go. And because of him, I have everything I need here in this town, here in this church. And I thank God for sending me to the man who sent me to this church. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Okay, you guys. Yes. Oh, we have a new believer here this morning. Let's give a round of applause. Kaylee Martin, yeah! We have some more members here. New members, Frank and Patricia Chapa. Or Chapa. Okay. Oh, yeah. And Carmen Aguilar. It's Carmen. Carmen, okay, y'all come stand up here. Okay, y'all stand. You face this way. We're glad to have you guys, ladies, gentlemen, families, 
Would you, would you, uh, you coming too? You, you, you belong to her? Okay. They, they have been visiting for quite some time and faithful. I'm just faithful. And I'm, I'm thankful God's brought you this way. Are y'all rejoicing in all these people that want to be a part? Okay. My other list is up here. Okay. Mary, where's Mary? She's going to get ready for baptism. Okay. What we're going to do is I'm going to have all of these sit on the front row, all of our members, new members. Okay, would y'all do that? Our young sit on the steps, and we're going to baptize. And then at the end of this, after the baptism, we're going to have everybody come by. Remember, you can't, don't, don't hog time. Just come by and bless them in the name of Jesus. If God gives you a word for them, speak that word. When it's, if it's positive, uplifting, speak a word into their life. I welcome them to this fellowship. Okay? And uh, after we're going to baptize them, we'll do that.
Real quick, uh, where's Josh and Allie at? Is Josh and Allie still around? Stand up here, Josh. Wednesday night, we are going to have a diaper and wipey shower for Allie and Josh, okay? So Wednesday night, at right after church, 730, bring some diapers and wipies. And different. This is Josh and Allie, guys. Y'all look on stage. Here you go. Diapers okay. and wipies. I've got one other announcement for you, and... I'm, I apologize to Billy Norris. Billy, would you come up here? Billy Norris is going to start a class very soon. As soon as we get the downstairs, get the uh, okay to move in. Probably in a couple of weeks. Billy Norris is going to begin to teach called The Works of Jesus. She can only have 15. That's a max in her class. She's already got six. So if you're interested in this class, I want her to come up here so you can see who she is. And you would like to come and visit with her about this class. Come on up here, Sister Billy. Y'all, this is Billy Norris. Y'all look up here. Woo-hoo. This is Billy Norris. If God's calling you to go deeper, you need to meet this woman. And you need to get in this class. Okay, she's going to be right here. Can you wait right here? Okay. She's got it. Do you have those papers to hand out? Okay. We have have papers for her class are in the back. Where at, Billy? On the table underneath the picture of Peter and John. And a sign-up sheet. If you want to be in the Works for Jesus class, doing the Works of Jesus. This is Johnny Ramirez. He's got an announcement. Okay, anybody interested in playing volleyball or basketball? There's been a lot of questions. We're going to have a volleyball team and a basketball team. Starts mid-March. It's uh, $35 for volleyball and $40 for uh, basketball. The basketball is men's only. It is not a church league. Volleyball is church league. If you have any questions, get in contact with me. If you want to join up, you can leave your information and money with Mags. God bless.
Shaking.